0: Yo, what's going on, everybody? It's episode 26 of Off the Line Fantasy Football Podcast. Welcome. This is Eugene, and you can find me on Twitter at FantasyGenes. That's G E N E S. You can also follow our official Twitter handle at Off the Line FF. And as always, I am joined with the, my other host, Ike. How you doing? How you feeling today, man? What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> feeling
1: good. Feeling good, man. I can be found on Twitter at just underscore Ike09. Yeah, I'm excited. We get to talk about um, you know these divisions, these divisions. Um, but it's also it's, you know football side. It's a very exciting time here in Dallas. The Dallas Mavericks are in the Western Conference Finals in game one is getting ready to tip off pretty shortly. So uh, go Mavs. Go Mavs. Yes, sir. Uh, Mavs in five. Mavs in five. (laughs) 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 People are going to like that. Mavs in six. Fine, fine. I'll I'll, I'll be reasonable. (laughs) Mavs in six. But yeah, Uh, but no, it's it's an exciting time. But yeah, I'm just looking forward to, you know, talking ball, talking ball. It's a pretty, pretty slow, pretty slow period for us in the off season. You know, we have, we do have, uh, I think we have, what, mini camps or, or OTAs? OTAs are happening yep. right now. Mm-hmm. Um, rookie camps are happening right now. So, um, you know, it's a pretty, pretty slow time for us at this moment.
0: Yeah. Uh, and like you said, we're going to be talking about team outlooks. We're going to be going division by division. You know, just we're going to start with the the champions division. So the NFC West and we're just kind of work our way down to all the divisions until was it the end of June. So, you know, if you want to hear your team or hear how we think about the teams that are, how they're currently constructed and what we think are important items to hit on, then, you know, you know, rock with us for these eight weeks. So let's go ahead and get it started off. We got the 49ers that we want to start this thing off with. Uh, you know, they've made a few moves during the off offseason. The first one of note is um, uh, Mike McDaniels, the OC from uh, he leaves to Miami after one season as being the quote unquote OC. I don't know; sh- nobody really knows how much work he re- actually did, but right. you no, know, he's allegedly this mastermind. So you know, Miami goes and takes a chance on him. Uh, we also got Raheem Oster. He went; s- he goes and follows him to Miami with their conundrum of their backfield. I'm sure we'll talk about it at some point with Oof. all eight of their five. Nine two hundred pound backs that they have back there. So <laughs> yeah,
1: all yeah, all eight of them. That I don't think that's an exaggeration. But yeah, they have a lot of running backs in that squad right now.
0: And then also San Francisco, they drafted uh, Tyrion Davis Price and Danny Green uh, Gray in the third round. So day two da- draft capital for uh, for the wide receiver and running back room. So you know, we got a couple questions that we, as always, that you know, kind of leading up to the season. There's some big questions that people are asking. And of course, our first one is who is the quarterback for the 49ers, man? Who you got? Uh,
1: I mean, it, it should be obvious that it should be Trey Lance, right? It should be Trey Lance. Um I I feel like a lot of these reports um that he's you know, the 49ers aren't as confident in him as they should are all a bunch of bullshit. Are all a bunch of bullshit because that that may signal to other teams that Oh shit, they might keep Jimmy Garoppolo. Maybe we need to offer a little bit more to try to pry him away from them. Um, I, I just think, you know, it's it's Trey Lance. They traded up all that all those picks. They traded they traded away all those picks and to move up to get him. He's going to be the starter in twenty twenty two for the 49ers. I, I just don't see any other way that they can navigate it because if Jimmy Garoppolo is still on the roster in September of twenty twenty two, September of this year, um, week one, week two, it is it is a colossal failure a colossal failure of that front office um, and, and, and that in co- that coaching staff that they didn't, that they did, they, they, ha- they had not moved him, you know, one bit. It's, it's, it's crazy. It, it'll be crazy. It'll be the craziest, one of the craziest storylines going into the season that how Jimmy Garoppolo would still be on the roster.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm I'm sure I'm on the same boat as you got. You would think it's Trey Lance. They spent all this draft capital in terms of wanting him to be the starting quarterback I mean, it, it smells like a bunch of smoke. In terms of them not really believing in them, uh, you know, the front office. It smells like cap. Smells, yeah, <laughs> it definitely smelled like cap. It, the front office was definitely pissed at Jimmy G delaying his his soldier his soldier shoulder surgery for obvious reasons, so he could screw the 49ers in terms of trying to move him for you know a first round or a second round draft pick. I mean, somebody with a, a shoulder that's not going to be ready until. What midsummer June July, yeah. nobody's trading. Nobody's trading for that. So you know, there's just stuck st- stuck holding the bag with with him also being on the roster. We're hope they're hoping that somebody's going to be desperate enough. Seattle, Carolina, somebody be desperate enough to go and trade for him. Um, I mean, my guess would be Lance. I know you. If you look at the PFF grades, they did. Finished f- fifth in offensive grade, about about an eighty-five. But their passing run was both at 17, 17th in the NFL. So obviously, if you inject somebody like Lance, your run, your run efficiency is going to be better. I mean, even though they were very, 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 very efficient in terms of running the ball, but just think about yes. it, if you have somebody like Trey Lance in the backfield with Elijah Mitchell or anybody else that they deploy, it, that numbers that number has has to go up. So and then just, I don't know. It's just I think it, for me it logically, Lance should be the quarterback.
1: Yeah, and then you know just real quick, week seventeen he was the QB one. He, he had over twenty fantasy points, and on the season, on the season, I cited the stat you know in one of our earlier shows this offseason. But he had as many play action pass TDs as Jimmy Garoppolo, and on four hundred less dropbacks, um, he mm. he was pretty efficient you know, whenever he was on the on the field. I think his first career start, he was he had 16 carries for 89 yards, and I think he got stopped at like the goal line a couple of times. So that could have been a bigger game for him. And then you know we can't forget the first you know the the uh, the the half of football that he played against Seattle. I think in week four, week five, where he had 20 fantasy points, had a couple of touchdowns, had over 40, 50 yards rushing. So that just kind of gives you a glimpse into what. Trey Lance can do, you know, when he's given the opportunity to perform, when he's given the opportunity to, you know, to go out there and, and use his legs to run around. And but I again this this has to be a, a no-brainer. Trey Lance has to be the starting quarterback of the 49ers in 2022 and beyond.
0: Definitely. It
1: makes too much Another,
0: sense. Another yeah, too much. Another question for the 49ers is: will Debo's usage be the same?
1: I think this is an emphatic no. That was one of the things that you know that that Debo was was upset about in the offseason is about was how he was used. Taking all those hits, putting himself you know, putting himself at, you know, at risk, you know, getting you know, getting carries out of the backfield. Now he was very, he was very, very efficient doing it. He was very efficient. He had a, he had an insane, insane amount of efficiency in twenty twenty one. You know, he had I think he finished as what was he, the wide receiver three overall behind behind Cooper Cup and I kept in Devonte Adams yep he was the number three number three overall wide receiver despite having despite being 21st in targets 21st in receptions 41st in routes run but he had 59 carries and eight touchdowns on those 59 carries so he was ridiculously efficient and he was a monster you know during the first half of the season where he had a 31 percent target share and he wasn't being used as a runner he wasn't being used as a between the tackles grinder <laughs> like he was in the second half of the season, but <laughs> that target share went down to eighteen percent when he went when he moved into that hybrid role and so I don't he wants to be used as a traditional wide receiver, and maybe he can chip in with a couple of end arounds here and there you know to kind of throw the defense off balance, but he does not want to be used as as a running back and a wide receiver he wants to be used as a primarily um primarily as a wide receiver and hell he was third in the n f l with twenty three catches of over 20 plus yards so again insane efficiency for depot samuel i don't think he'll be used the same way i think he just needs to continue to be used as a wide receiver you know that's you know that then uh, that's just it he just no more running back please do not do that
0: <laughs> yeah for his agent should be in his ear just like hey you're not taking another snap for this team until you get locked down because i mean it was only by the grace of God that with all those running back touches that he didn't like he just didn't get hurt, you know, because we've seen him since since college that he's always he's always on the pine. He's always hurt. So somehow, some way, yeah, yeah, somehow, some way he gets the most touches ever in his career and he doesn't he he leaves the season fairly, you know, injury free. So yeah. I, I can't imagine him, you know. Adding the team back on his Instagram and, you know, he obviously talked to someone. There's no way that, you know, he's going to come to an agreement that that he wants the same amount of touches. There's no way without any type of insurance.
1: So I feel like I saw a report the other day where he re-added or re-added or re-followed the 49ers on, I think, Twitter and yep. Instagram. I yep. think that's what he did. Yeah, he did. Oh, OK, so, yeah.
0: So, when people saw that, they just assumed, okay, everything must be good again. So, but I mean, that's been, it's been like two weeks and we haven't seen any deal come a, come about from it yet. So, I don't know.
1: And, and just, knows. just as, a, just, just as another quick aside, how silly is that? That we just, that we, just, <laughs> yeah. that we really, that we're really talking about players following and unfollowing teams and Twitter accounts. And how, how silly is this? Duh, what, it's kind of very era, what kind of era? are we in now? <laughs> like, uh, man, who uh, these? I don't geez, know these, man. These, these these
0: kids younger than us, man. They just they just operate differently, man. Like, damn millennials, damn millennials. Yeah, no, people just social media is is, is just that important, and just it shakes the room that much. Where if you unfollow somebody, like all hell's broken loose, like World War III is about to happen. Just it's crazy. It's crazy.
1: That's literally wow. the headline in a lot of these stories: is yeah. player X unfollows team Y. What? Yeah, <laughs> he he's unhappy. He wants a, he yeah. wants a new contract. Oh my gosh, he wiped his social right. media clean of his team. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus
0: Christ. The only the only thing he has on there is him holding a baseball. He wants to play baseball again. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and the last question is um, the backfield of San Francisco. I mean, we saw him. We saw them spend a. A second day draft pick on TDP Tyrion D- Davis Price. What do we think? Do we trust the backfield? Are we? I know they got they got a lot of bodies. So and you know Shahanigans, you know with him anything's possible. So what do what do we think?
1: Yeah, I mean I think I think you definitely can x out Trade Sermon for good now. I think he's done. <laughs> <laughs> they wasted a third round pick on him last year, and they use the third round pick on a back this year, but that's for depth. That's basically to protect Elijah Mitchell, who had a knee cleanup this off season and said, he'll be ready by training camp. So when people have these little cleanup surgeries, it's, it's kind of something to look out, you know, to, to look for. Right. So, you know, he, he had over, he was averaging over 20 touches per game as a starter and, you know, only three players, had more 10 plus yards runs, 10 plus yard runs than him. So he he was a pretty, pretty effective uh, running back for the 49ers uh, last year. And uh even in, amongst rookie running backs, amongst you know Najee Harris, he he led, he led all rookie running backs in in, in 10 plus yard runs. So he's pretty explosive. Um I, I think I think this 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 draft pick of you know of TDP, I mean, it's it's not a it's it it's not like a a true detriment on on Elijah Mitchell, but I th- I think it's mainly for insurance and depth um, purposes as opposed to him actually taking, me you know me, truly meaningful touches away from him. Uh, but do, I mean, do you think do you think that Elijah Mitchell will have over twenty touches per game in twenty twenty two? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I think they'll probably you know shave that down a, just a little bit. He's not really using the passing game that much. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how he's coming off of that knee injury, and uh, if it's truly just a cleanup, or maybe he's missing practices for maintenance. Or you know, you never know. You never know. You know, these knee these knees can be tricky. You don't know what kind of clean procedure it was because they're they were pretty vague. whenever they, whatever the, whenever I read the report, they were pretty vague. This is knee cleanup. Like, what was it? Arthroscopic surgery? What did they drain some fluid? What did they do? Yeah. Right. So we're not sure.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, one thing to just make note is that there was a stretch of six games where he had at least 21 carries. And I- even within that stretch, there was a point where uh, he missed a few games in between all that. And as soon as he came back, they, he got the majority of the carries. So I like Elijah Mitchell is just is really tough because dealing with the 49ers is always, I Man, you never know, like they just randomly one week, they'll just you know, trot out Jeff Wilson and he gets 25 carries and you're just like, what the fuck is going on?
1: Yeah. Um,
0: and then with the idea of having Trey Lance also starting, um, I mean, that could put a little, a little wrench in him getting a bunch of carries, but I mean, it could make him very efficient because you got somebody, somebody at, at quarterback that can really run the ball. So it's, I mean, you want to want to be patient because of, I mean, we're still early, and we're early in off season. Let's wait until we get more information, and really, really we can really decide what Training kind of out. outlook. This is. yeah, what kind of outlook we think this is going to be in terms of the backfield. You know, and speaking of, you know, the Eliza Mitchell right now in uh, in redrafts, we see his ADP at running back twenty six. You know, it's kind of in a range of where like you see Clyde Edwards Hilaire getting drafted. You know, Miles Sanders. Uh, Travis Etienne, these are running backs that are going around. no more above him right now. So Kareem Hunt's right under him. So I think it's is early. That, I mean...
1: Is that considered like the, the, the running back dead zone, so to speak? Because it's... it Yeah. Doesn't, it, it doesn't look nearly as dead, at least this year. You know, last year you had the likes of like Mike Davis. Oh God, yep. you had Mike Davis <laughs> last year. That was disgusting. Um, yeah. But, you know, <laughs> If those guys that you rattled off those are those are great values in the in the fifth sixth yeah. round that, yeah. this is the, this is the range that he's going in these are pretty solid values you're gonna get a workhorse running back uh, a number one running back in the, in the fifth or sixth round i mean that's you know you can go zero you know, r you know zero r b with whatever they say right r- what the yeah. cool what the, what the cool kids say zero r b <laughs> uh, and just pound and hammer receiver early right the justin Jefferson and back door it with the uh, I don't know who else, but, you know, that 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 running back dead zone this year, I am I think things will may take shape a little bit closer to obviously will take take shape closer to the closer to the start of the season. But if you're if you're doing draft, if you're doing drafts now, especially like best ball or maybe some of your some of your league mates are doing doing, you know, your 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 redraft leagues you know, right now, you know, just, you know, well in advance of the offseason well, or well in advance of the season. Yeah, you know, definitely take advantage of these values because they will change as soon as you start seeing some of these players get into pads. A lot of these storylines coming out of training camps um take place or take shape. So yeah, this is definitely the time if you're gonna if you're drafting to take advantage of those uh those those opportunities.
0: Yeah, yeah. I yeah, that's a pretty good value, you know, the end of the fifth, beginning of the six, sixth mid sixth round. I mean, for somebody that potentially is gonna be the, the workers back. I mean that's a good value for Elijah Mitchell. Yeah, uh, I, I can't really. I don't want to talk about any other running back because you just don't know. Uh, I mean, I'm not drafting TDP. You probably draft him like 15, 16 round if your if your redraft goes that far. you will be free. Nobody's thinking. Yeah, nobody's thinking about Jeff Wilson. Nobody's thinking about Trey Trey Sermon. Like. Everybody else is kind of irrelevant for the time being because we just don't know right now.
1: So it would be Pete uh, Shanahan if Trey Sermon gets twenty carries for hundred <laughs> yeah. yards and we won. That would that would mess everybody's heads up, man. Yeah, I'm just
0: waiting for a preseason game three where where you know the mo- the most important preseason game you see Trey Sermon leading. He's out there with the first team offense, getting getting the majority of the work in the first half, and it's just everybody's just gonna go in a commotion. So oh my god. It, it's just yeah it's just a lot of things that you just with this backfield you just gotta kind of just gotta just wait for it hopefully more more information comes out um mm-hmm. the the wide receiver room uh we see Debo Samuel going right now at wide receiver seven Ooh, so World's basically the,
1: the, blood,
0: the basically the that basically the end of the first round very beginning of the second round Ugh, yeah I don't know about that one guy um Like we like you stated, that efficiency is what really, really saved him from like really having like he had a top three wide receiver season. I just I can't see it, man. I just can't. I don't. Yeah, I I can't. There's there's too
1: much uncertainty. Yeah, there's too much uncertainty at the quarterback position. And you don't know how you don't you don't know how a mobile quarterback is going to feed him targets. Mm -hmm. He is the number one. Obviously, the number one. He's the number one guy there. Clearly, maybe some some can argue George Kittle who's going in a, a couple of rounds later than him, <laughs> according to ADP, he's going in, you know, he's going at uh, basically pick 36 and a half. So basically the third round going into the fourth, uh, potentially, or you know, maybe, yeah, the early part of the fourth. So there's, I mean, if, if you, if you want a 49ers pass catcher, if you want a 49ers pass catcher at a little bit of a value, I would, you know, maybe take an opportunity, take a chance at, at George Kittle. I'm not touching Brandon Ayuk because again, because because of Trey Lance, you don't know that you don't you don't know what you're gonna get. You don't know what you're gonna get from him. And he's the yeah. clear third option in a run a run heavy offense. So yep. and he's going at wide receiver 42, and that is way too high for him. And I and i and I was a Brandon IU guy that last year yeah, and I got were. burned. I got yeah. burned in many leagues. Yeah. So, holding that bag. Yeah, but but I, I don't I don't necessarily have PTSD, uh fantasy PTSD from that. I I just learned from my mistakes. I just learned from my mistakes, and you know, I should have seen Debo Samuel, you know, c- you know, coming because he was a more explosive guy. He was going to be used, um, you know, more more creatively than Brandon Ayuk. And Brandon Ayuk was basically stuck on the outside; didn't really run too many slot routes. Yep. So yeah, again, that's you know, that's my bad. <laughs> <laughs> in in our in our home league that we are a keeper league, I kept I kept uh, Ayuk over Debo. But now granted oh, yeah. but granted deep you know Iute had a had a better I guess a better value you know around twelve or thirteen versus Debo around yeah. seven or eight. Yeah so you know that you know by virtue of that it, it made sense for me to keep them but you know again it was it was still a mistake. Still does not make it So doesn't make it okay. <laughs> it doesn't make it okay.
0: <laughs> All right, quick question before we move on to to uh to Trey Lance and his ADP real quick. So Looking at this early ADP, we see people like Rashad Bateman, Chase Claypool, Robert Woods, and like Kadarius Tony going right after him. Any of right those after, names? Right after who? Right after uh Brandon Ayuk. So do mm-hmm. any of those names, do you think any of those names should be above him? Cause looking at it right now, Rashad Rashad I'm just like Bateman. Rashad yeah, Bateman. Bateman. Number one.
1: Yeah. Like that is that is yeah. the one that sticks out to me the most. I would even I would probably even take Claypool over him too, because you know Pittsburgh just got a new just got another quarterback um, drafted a quarterback in the draft and Mitchell Trubisky as shitty as he is he likes to throw the ball down the field he does throw yeah. the ball down the field he does and he'll you know Chase Claypool is the locked in number two Brandon Ayuga is number three on a run heavy offense so he should not be drafted ahead of ahead of any of those guys to be quite honest Robert yeah, Woods I- Robert Woods I mean he's the second wide receiver Basically, I mean he might be I mean he's he's probably the wide receiver one to start out because I, I know I know Traylon Burks. Was drafted high, and I'm a, a huge Traylon Burks fan. But Robert Woods, I mean, he's a veteran, and he's he has a 1,200 yard seasons under his belt. I think he's going to be used pretty, you know, pretty close to the line of scrimmage. He's going to give Ryan Tannehill a lot of easy targets. Uh, uh, you know, he's going to have a lot. He's going to have a lot of opportunities early on, especially underneath. You know, getting getting fed targets. I think a lot of people are overlooking Robert Woods because he's coming off of the ACL injury, but his his game his game is not really predicated off of explosiveness. He can definitely get down the field, you know, you know, uh, with this with this solid route running. Yeah, he can he can get he definitely get open, has solid hands. And so that you know, again, a couple of those guys going after Ayuk is it, it just it doesn't make any sense to me.
0: Yeah, yeah, and especially on sleeper. So sleeper had Ayuk's ADP at 77 and had uh Bateman's at 111. So, that's crazy. I, yeah, that's crazy. I mean, I'm assuming, I mean, it's May. So, I'm sure by June, the thing's going to flip. So, uh,
1: you, would, you would think, you would think, yeah,
0: you would think, you're right. You would think, but we'll see. Um, and then the last player that we want to kind of touch on is the quarterback room, Jimmy G. I mean, quarterback 37. No, no need to talk about him because yeah. everybody's foreseeing him not being the starter. So, Trey Lance is right now going at quarterback 14. Uh, I think that's kind of accurate with the, with the with the news that we know so far, which is we're still kind of unsure. And you got quarterbacks like Stafford, Brady, uh, Deshaun Watson going right above him. So I think that's pretty pretty much the good range, like right right at the quarterback one range, like fringe quarterback one. So
1: yeah, fringe quarterback one. Yeah, that's that's what tenth round, eleventh round, twelfth round, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, to, so, yeah, 10, yeah. Between t- rounds 10, 10 to 12. Yeah, that's, that's an easy, that's an easy one for me. I would, I would like to, I would love to take him a mobile quarterback, a Konami, a Konami code quarterback that, you know, in, in that range around the 11th round. That's, you know, that's an easy one for me. I can, yeah. I, I normally like to wait for quarterback anyways. So he's like yep. one of the perfect quarterbacks to wait on yep, in, yep. in the draft.
0: Yep. And I mean, at some point, we'll talk about a little bit of redraft strategy. And that's one of the ones that we definitely are definitely big on is waiting on quarterback because like we we just named quarterback 14 and I'm sure he's going to go up. So why 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 rush to go get a quarterback when you can get you can still get a quarterback one in the 10th round, ninth round. So
1: exactly. Uh,
0: I mean, that's pretty much it for the 49ers. So,
1: yeah. So, you know, the next team that we're gonna, we're going to talk about. Reluctantly, is the Seattle Seahawks? <laughs> you know they they they've had a pretty a pretty interesting offseason to, to say the least. They traded their franchise quarterback Russell Wilson to the Denver Broncos for a lot of picks and Drew Locke and Noah Fant. <laughs> so uh, and they also lost Gerald Everett to the Chargers for you know a two year deal, not really a needle mover. But they drafted Kenneth Walker in the second round, running back from Michigan State. Very polarizing player. One of the last places, one of the last landing spots that I thought he would go. That he would go to, but he's going to a place that loves throwing the ball. Right, loves throwing the ball. Team established it. You know, head coach Pete Carroll just came out recently and said, "Hey, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna continue to run the ball. That's what we like to do. That's what we're gonna do." He already said back in April, back in late April, that they plan to run the ball more. And what do they do to support that statement? they drafted two tackles and they drafted Kenneth Walker at 41 overall with their first three picks. So that pretty much tells you that, you know, what they're going to do this, this season is, 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 is ground and pound run, run, run. And that archaic philosophy in today's NFL, you know, it, it it's just, uh it's, it's a head scratcher. It is a head scratcher. You know, Pete Carroll's what, 70 years old now and still thinking, you know, think, thinking about the past and, you know Seattle's in clear rebuild mode, but he wants you know <laughs> despite all that he wants to run the ball. He wants to run the ball and run it and run it effectively. And he has look he has three capable guys to run the ball. Right? He has he has you know Chris Carson whenever he's healthy, very solid running back. Uh, Rashad Penny just finally found some health over the last seven games five five or seven games in twenty twenty one and went on an absolute tear over seven hundred plus yards. In in I think close to double digit touchdowns, like I'll I'll have to double check the numbers for sure, but he was very efficient down the stretch. And I think the last game of the season, he ripped up Arizona for 190 yards and had like a 62 yard touchdown run to, to seal to seal that game. And we'll we'll get to Arizona here uh, you know a little bit later on. But you know some of the biggest questions that we have for the Seahawks, the number one the number you know one of the top questions is yeah they they traded Russell Wilson. You know, what's life gonna be like post Russell Wilson? You know, is is Drew Locke really gonna start you know, for this team? I'm I'm kinda curious to see like how, you know, what's gonna happen in Seattle, you know, post Russell Wilson and especially at the quarterback position.
0: Um it's looking like he's gonna start. I mean, Pete Carroll came out and said that he would be the quarterback one if he was in this this uh twenty-two draft class in terms of quarterback. So I guess he believes in them. I know they spent a little bit of money on backup Geno Smith, um but it looks like they're going to they're going to use Drew Lock as their starter and they've also came out and said that they're not going to trade for for a quarterback allegedly. So my guess is that they're, you know, you're going to use Drew Lock, he's going to suck and hopefully they can get a high enough draft pick next year to go get one of these quarterbacks next year. So um you know, he, like I said before, he does he sucks. He's going <laughs> to hurt DK He's gonna hurt Lockett like the whole passing offense. I think is just not gonna be good. I mean, okay. the last time he was an actual starter more than like a fill-in spot was 2020. I mean, he had he had 21. He was 21st in passing yards with under 3,000 yards. Um, he was 28th in money throws. <sighs> uh, this is, these are uh, stats coming off from uh, playerprofiler.com. 16 passing touchdowns, which was 20th. Uh, 20th and passing attempts was his 4 443 which goes in line with with Seattle's uh, established it. so they don't have to worry about him throwing the ball that much now that the the big thing about Drew Lockett is that he doesn't have a problem throwing throwing the yellow ball he'll throw it up that's something that that Lockett knows how to go long and and somehow be open and you know DK he can win any 1 on 1 battle so that's the only positive I see out of this for for these two, but overall, I just think this offense is going to be very boring. Just run
1: the ball. I don't but, expect too much. But is that to, to uh, let me? Let me just kind of piggyback off off of that last point that you made about him throwing the yellow balls. Is that really a positive? <laughs> it's not. <laughs> just, just, but think, the, just think about just think about this for sake like he <laughs> the last time he was look, again. You know, we you, you touched on the last time he was a starter was in twenty twenty. Started thirteen games. You know where he's ranked in deep ball accuracy? What is it? Last. He ranked last. He ranked last in deep, in, in deep ball accuracy. And do you know who who is number one in the NFL in deep targets over the last two years? I'm assuming it's DK. DK Metcalf. Yes, that is correct. So that it does not bode well for DK Metcalf. Um, Yikes. Yikes. For, you know, for, you know uh, in, in 2022. Uh, and just just staying on DK for a second, he's currently going as the wide receiver 14. So that's around, you know, around the you know third, 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 fourth round turn. Mm-hmm. That's that, that's that's pretty high. It's, that's a little rich for me. Um, there's guys like Terry McLaurin, Cortland Sutton, Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney, Brandon Cooks, Rashad Bateman, and Elijah Moore going after him. I would take every one of those guys after uh, over DK Metcalf this year. Damn. Um, in, 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 in Damn. absolutely in redraft, I would take every one of those guys. Damn. Every one of those guys. They they're what. They're, what are you, they're in better. What? They're in better situations than him. Um, you know, Cortland Sutton obviously has Russell Wilson. Um, Terry McLaurin is the undisputed number one. Carson, you know, Carson Wentz isn't a very good quarterback, but he's going to target his number one guy. Look what he did yep. with Michael Pittman last year. Michael Pittman had a breakout year with Carson Wentz, you yep. know, not being that very not, not being that good. Um, Allen Robinson, he's gonna. We'll, we'll touch on Allen Robinson a little bit later on. Darnell Mooney with Chicago, he's gonna be the number one. They didn't add any any wide receivers worth of consequence. Belles Jones, <laughs> man. Belles Jones, 25 oh, year twenty-five-year-old Belles Jones, who's pretty basic. I think he's older than Terry McLaurin, who's yeah. older, <laughs> who's older than Darnell Mooney, and he's a rookie. That guy older than Rashad Bateman, older than Elijah Moore. Those, mm. <laughs> that guy, um, and then Brandon Cooks, like he's he's a screaming value in, in all in all formats. He just continues to get overlooked every single year. And Rashad Bateman, with the trade of Hollywood Brown, who we'll also talk about here, you know, here 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 shortly. Is the number one in Baltimore now, number one wide receiver in Baltimore. And then Elijah Moore, yeah, I know they drafted, they just drafted Garrett Wilson, but Elijah Moore's role is still stable. I think he's still going to have, you know, a, a sizable impact, especially if they move him inside to the slot and keep Garrett Wilson on the outside, which is what I which is what I'm anticipating um happening. And if Elijah Moore um moves into the slot where he was most comfortable at Ole Miss. It's wheels up for him, so yeah, I take every one of those guys at um um before DK Metcalf for sure.
0: Yeah, it it sucks to hear, man. It sucks,
1: it sucks to hear. To I mean, hear. DK Metcalf is a is a freaking monster. He's a freaking yeah. monster. He's a freak of nature. He had you know over fifteen hundred air yards and finished as a wide receiver ten last year. But that that is quarterback play um to a t- <laughs> in a nutshell. You know Russell yeah. you know Russell Wilson, you're, you're catching passes from Russell Wilson, and then the next year you're catching passes from Drew Locke, who's last in in most passing metrics as it pertains to the ball he'll throw it he'll attempt it he won't be very accurate yeah sucks to Um, sucks to hear man you hate to see it yeah so you know from from the quarterback room to the running back room you know one of the biggest questions one another big question that we have is who's going to be the guy in the backfield you know they have chris carson they have rashad penny they just drafted kenneth walker with a second round pick and you're drafting a you're drafting a running back with a second round pick. That means a lot. I mean, you're you're planning on using him almost on almost on day one, right? Almost on day one. So, yeah, I'm curious. I'm curious to see. I'm curious to to know like what what your thoughts are and who's going to be the guy to emerge from that backfield. So just to you
0: know set this all out. You've already said you've already stated Seattle spent two two high picks on on tackles. They spent their first round draft pick was a tackle. They spent another high draft pick on a tackle. So. He's already telling us, like, hey, we need we need the the fortify our line because we're going to be running the ball because our quarterback sucks. <laughs> they were like, last year they were twenty seventh in run w- rushing attempts, which is really weird for Mister Establish it to be that low in terms of running attempts at four thirteen. Um, and then just to even like break it down, Alex Collins had one hundred and eight of those carries. Carson had fifty four. He only played four games because he had the neck injury, and then Penny led the backfield with 118. So, I mean, you had some people like Travis Homer and DJ Dallas that had like 40 and 30 carries here. So now you're bringing in a second-round draft pick, which is basically the new first round for running backs. It sounds like he's going to be the guy, or at least he's going to be one of the guys that's going to be holding on, that's going to be toting the rock. So I would assume it would be him. Um, I know they resigned signed Penny for, to a one-year deal. I know they like Penny a lot. It's, it's probably gonna be a combination of Penny and, and Walker. And we're probably gonna see like DJ Dallas on passing downs. Um we've yeah. already heard, we've already heard in training uh in, in rookie camp that he has a long way to Kenny uh Kenneth Walker has a long way to go in terms of pass uh passing down work because he, he sucks at pass blocking. So we won't see yeah. him on third downs and basically first and second down. We saw Penny. That was Penny's role last year. So yeah, it's a toss-up, man. Like this is one of them backfields where we assume that it's going to be Kenneth Walker because of draft capital. But I mean, Penny did work when he was healthy. So
1: yeah, I think I think what it comes down to, I think Penny will will have the opportunity to get the first crack at yeah. at that starting job. Um, but I think pretty you know pretty soon, you know even early even even you know as soon as like the first preseason game. Kenneth Walker is going to get a lot of run, and he's going to just show that he's the best running back on that team. And yeah. by week one, week two, week three, he'll be the starter. That I firmly believe that. I, I think you know. He, again, he won't be he won't be used on passing downs, which is you know, which is a fair point. And many running many rookie running backs starting out aren't really good at pass pro, aren't really good on third downs. But that that'll come with that'll come with time. That'll come his you know that that'll come with time. They'll just hand him the rock, and they'll just watch him go to work. They'll just watch him yeah. make people miss. They'll watch him break tackles, and they'll watch him, you know, outrun the defense for, for long touchdowns. And yeah. that that that's one thing that uh, he has. You know, you know, Rashad Penny has that as well. I think at the I think at you know worst case scenario, you'll have a combination of Penny and Walker doing you know splitting 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 the low, splitting splitting the uh, splitting the work with Chris Carson still being day to day with a neck injury. Yeah. according to Hickel speak Carroll.
0: <laughs> day to day <laughs> and it is it's funny how we describe how we think the backfield is going to go you look at ADP ADP almost telling the same story you got Kenneth Walker going to RB32 and then you got Elijah Penny going to RB37 so people yeah. are drafting right now they're assuming that it's it's almost too close to call we're just going to take the, the cheaper guy the cheaper guy with the higher draft capital in terms of Who's going to be the starter? So, I mean, we, we just don't know, man. Like w- once again, like once we get closer to, you know, training camp and closer to the season, hopefully this gets a little more clear. So um, I, I, their ADPs look about about right right now. So,
1: yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And just, you know, um, you know, and, and just kind of switching gears to how you see a lot of these, you know, ADP shaking out. We already touched on DK Metcalf and you know what how we feel about him. But I think the value here though is Tyler Lockett. He's going at wide receiver twenty-four, which is about sixty-third overall. And that's effectively where he finished last year. He finished, you know, inside the top twenty-five in points per game. I think he was he was wide receiver wide receiver nineteen in points per game and his and his ADP is, you know, wide receiver twenty-four. So I, I don't mind getting Tyler Lockett the cheaper guy at cost. Cause cause you're gonna see a lot more. A lot more uh, volatility with with DK Metcalf and you know Drew Lock's Yolo balls, and you may see you may see the same thing with Tyler Lockett. But you know, wh- whenever you're taking two wide receivers, you know, pretty you know about twenty five about about uh, about a couple of rounds apart. I prefer to take the cheaper guy. I prefer to take yeah. the cheaper guy um, because you can probably use you know you know another pick on you know, on a, on a, a running back that's going to get a lot of touches with the slot that you were going to select uh, DK Metcalf. And Tyler yeah. Lockett in 2021, he still finished ninth in yards per route run, and that's pretty elite. That's still elite. if you're in the top ten in that category, he's yeah. that that means you can still you can still do work. You can still do work in this league. So he's yeah. he's effectively a, he's effectively like another another version of Brandon Cooks, right? <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I I would like yeah, I, I would I would rather take if I were to choose between the two receivers, I would rather take Tyler Lockett uh, over. Over DK Metcalf uh, when when it comes to drafting him.
0: yeah, and and also just to piggyback off that, Drew Lock uh, so happened that he was on the the bottom third of the league in terms of yards per route run, uh, yards per attempt, and like you said before, uh, out of the two uh, wide receivers, Lockett Lockett's um, yards per uh, attempt or yards per route run is is amongst the highest in the league. But in terms of uh, his a dot, not his a dot, his uh, yards per attempt. In terms of yards per that he runs, uh, Metcalf's uh, yards were were longer than his. So Metcalf he's closer to the he's closer to the yard, uh, line of scrimmage, and as, as I've already laid out, Drew Lock's mm-hmm. attempts were were I think six point six yards per attempt. Ooh. So so out of the two, it looks like Lockett would be the safer option for for Drew Lock based on. You know, those numbers. So I do like the value of with Lockheed if I'm choosing between the two for sure. Yeah. And yeah. then for I mean, you got Noah Fant, tight end fifteen. Uh I mean, that's somebody you can get towards the later of the rounds.
1: Yeah, you can get them in the draft.
0: So so pro- yeah, so much so much promise for for this young man because I know his athletic score was out, out of this world, but it just hasn't he just hasn't had the best of luck, man. <laughs> <laughs> Deep side. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well so next now <laughs> yeah. So so now on to the Cardinals. Um the Cardinals they have they've had an interesting offseason to say the least. They lost uh Chase Edmonds to to Miami, uh like we laid out at the beginning to their stable of five nine, two hundred-pound backs. He he went to go join them. Uh, they also lost Kristen Kirk to the Jags. Christian Kirk is known for the he's known to be the guy that broke the wide receiver. <laughs> the broke the wide receiver market with his with his deal that he received from the Jags. I don't blame him. Terrible. Go get your bag. If they're gonna pay you, take it. So I don't blame him. And then um once they saw D Hop get suspended, well, they probably already knew that D Hop was gonna get suspended, so they they uh and it mixed with Kyler scaring them in terms of them him not wanting to be in Arizona anymore. He wants to get paid, they don't want to pay him. They went to go get his best buddy from OU. Marquise Hollywood Brown, they traded their first round draft pick to go get him. Um, they op- have also re signed James Conner, um, Zach Ertz, and then they also spent uh, day two draft capital second round, uh, Trey McBride, tied in from Colorado State. So, which was an interesting move in itself because you just re signed uh, Zach Ertz to a three year deal and then you just backdoor and go get, you know, the best tight end out of this draft in the second round. So, our first big question is will this offense evolve we've seen too many times where this offense starts off really hot early in the season and then once once we get to the double digit weeks when it's when it's winning time these do- these dudes fold fold up like a chair you put in your in your trunk so
1: fold <laughs> um, <laughs> up like an accordion
0: yeah so what do you think how are you feeling about this offense do you do you believe in coach bro in terms of him Looking at his offense, really looking at his offense, and you know, making the, the adjustments needed to you know survive a full season.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think they that they're they're overly reliant on Kyler Murray at the early part of the season. He's always ripping it up. He has, I think, he's aver- You think he averages around thirty point thirty fantasy points per game in the, like the first half of the season, and then there's they're re- they're they're really Kyler Murray uh, centric, um, which is why he breaks down towards the end of the season while he you know he gets banged up, um, but you know. What I think they should do is, you have a workhorse back in James Conner. I know he has his own injury history. He has his own injury history, but he stayed pretty healthy last year. You know, he, now he has a backfield to himself, and in the games where he had a backfield to himself last year, without you know Chase Edmonds in the lineup, he averaged around 21 touches per game and 23 fantasy points per game in, in five starts, and he had 100 percent of the goal line touches. So he, he was he was the guy there, and all they have behind him are Eno Benjamin and Keontae Ingram, who they drafted, I think, in the sixth round. Was he a mm-hmm. sixth round draft pick? Yep. So they they don't have – he doesn't have much competition um in that backfield. And last year, he finished fifth in fantasy points per opportunity, fourth in yards per route run, and he was second in the NFL in goal line carries. So he is the guy, and I think they need to, especially in the latter half of the season, lean on the running game just a little bit more and not try to – you know, uh, over overextend uh, Kyler Murray because he's a smaller guy. He's a playmaker, but he's a small guy, and you know, running around and, and him getting taking a lot of punishment, and a lot of those hits. Some of those are some of those are you know on, on his own accord. Some of those hits that he takes, he he needs to avoid. He needs to avoid taking some of those hits, and he he's not not as not as savvy as like a you know a Russell Wilson. That's a, a, you know the first example that I can point to. Russell Wilson rarely takes hits. Rarely takes big hits because he's always protecting himself. He's always sliding when he needs to, but you know, Kyler takes hits as well. Or, or Kyler takes hits, and um, that's why he he doesn't finish seasons as strong as he needs to. As he needs to.
0: Yeah, man, um, I agree with everything you're saying. Uh, he he definitely Kyler does start off strong, and then you know just a combination of you know Coach Bro not really changing his offense towards the, end, towards the end of the season where teams have more tape, um, you know, Kyler always being banged up towards the end of the season playing hurt. Um, just those combinations just lead to the offense getting very stale. So hopefully they figure it out, you know, and that leads me to my second question, which is, you know, they go get his his college bro in a Hollywood Brown, uh, somebody that can really, really stretch the field, as we've seen with the Ravens, how do you think he will fit in this
1: offense, especially with D-Hop being out the first six games of the season? Yeah, man, I think he'll fit pretty well, especially those first, the fr- especially the first six weeks. He'll fit he'll fit in pretty well. You know, last year in Baltimore, he had over a 26% target share. Um, he commanded a 26% target share in Baltimore, and he had the sixth most, tar- sixth most targets of 20 plus yards. Um, you know, he had 30 of those, but he only caught five of those passes. So there was a lot. There was a lot um, left out there to be desired. He still had a thousand-yard season in a six to eight, six to eight touchdowns, and over fifteen hundred air yards. So he had a ton of air yards, but you know there was a lot of, uh, you know, a lot left out there, and that had to, that had a lot to do with Lamar Jackson being hurt, because the first half of the season when Lamar Jackson was there, he had over, you know, seventy catches, nearly nine hundred yards, and, and 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 eight touchdowns, and then. When Lamar Jackson didn't play, he didn't have any touchdowns, and he had like a low, low A dot, you know, yeah. low yards per reception, and, and and didn't have as many air yards. So, um, you know, and Kyler Murray on the other hand, he's going to Arizona now. He's, so Kyler Murray on the other hand, he was first, he was tied for first in deep completion percentage, and he was tied for first um, in twenty plus yard, twenty plus yard completions. So the assumption is that they're going to use Hollywood Brown down the field, and that's where Kyler has seemed to excel. Um, so far in his career, his first couple years in the in the, in the league, and he had a 69 percent completion percentage, which is which, I, which is I think third in the NFL. So he's yep. pretty accurate with the ball. You know, short, intermediate, deep, you know, quadrants of the field. And I think you know, with with D Hop out, especially with the first six weeks, we may see you know a lot of spike weeks for from for Hollywood Brown, it's, uh, similar to how we saw Mike Williams start out in 2021. You know, just have mm-hmm. just just getting targeted deep, getting, you know, getting all the getting all the vol getting all this volume and things of that nature. So yeah, you know, I think he'll fit in pretty well. We'll have to see what happens when D Hop comes back. But at least for now, since Kyler Murray has a lot of rapport with him, a lot of familiarity with Hollywood Brown, I think he he he'll he'll fit in pretty well with this offense.
0: Yeah. And it's funny that you mentioned the twenty yard completion uh, pers- uh the him being first in Top for first and 20 yard completions that really dwindled towards the end of the season, especially with D hop not being there. They just, again, it goes back to, you know, just their offense just got really stale and everything was like 10 yards and in, and we just, nobody knew why, like, it just didn't make yeah. any sense. So o- hopefully this really opens them up. Uh, you no, know, now just kind of talking about, you know, their ADPs are where they're at currently. you got Kyler at, at QB five. I mean, He's a Konami code type quarterback. This makes perfect sense. We're, yeah, we're no argument here.
1: Round, you know, yeah. round pick 56. <laughs> yeah, that's that's easy.
0: Yeah. yeah, man. So, I mean, his whole career, he's been a, a QB one. He's fi- always finished QB one. So it makes sense. We're just, we're hoping for more. So, um, which is crazy for him to finish this, this high. He's never thrown even a, at least 4,000 yards in a season. So, but you <laughs> yes. know, him, him running, averaging oh. over five five fifty six hundred yards a season on the ground i mean that makes up for that so uh respecting expecting him to do something similar uh now to the running backs um uh, the only one of note is you know james Conner, r b nineteen which is basically right at the the turn to the uh fourth round at thirty seven that's 37. a value again yeah that's definitely a value i mean for me i i mean you got running backs like j k dobbins behind him um who else who else do we have uh you know Brees hall a couple of running backs above him. you got saquon you got zeke you got david montgomery uh antonio gibson so again i think that's about a range i mean i might feel more comfortable taking connor over somebody like zeke
1: just because I would of, definitely yeah i would take him i would of, take him over zeke i would take him over antonio gibson because yeah you know, there's there's a lot of you know washington to kind of tip their hand uh, this offseason <laughs> With you know bringing all those running backs in on those visits, and they they what do they do? Yep. They draft the running back in the third round.
0: Yep. yep. So
1: and they they were just and and then J D. McKissick resigned after waffling yep. back and forth between between Washington and <laughs> Buffalo. Um. I, I like I like Antonio Gibson a lot, but I would definitely take James Conner because he has the backfield all to himself. There's literally no <laughs> uncertainty. The only uncertainty is his health. And, yep. you know, and, that, and that's, and that's fair, that's fair to, that's fair to speculate, you know, we, yep. you know, he hasn't, you know, he, d- despite, despite the health concerns, I mean, he's played 80% of his games, right? I mean, he's, he's, he's been playing 80% of his games. He, it's not like he, yep. he, he misses a ton of time and just misses, you know, seasons or, you know, misses a, a shit ton of games. He plays 80% of the time. He just gets dinged up a lot. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, Benjamin, I, I think he's going to be the passing down back, but again, we know Connor can do it. I, but we know that Arizona wants to kind of save him just a little bit, so we expect Connor to get a lot of work. But we shouldn't we shouldn't forget that Eno is probably going to get a little bit of work, but he's not worth the he's not really worth the mention. No, nobody's gonna nobody wants to draft someone that's going to get maybe six seven touches a game. That doesn't really that's not going to move the needle. Yeah. Um, you know, we got Zach Ertz is tied tight end nine. I think that's about right because his connection with, 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 uh with Kyler was, was something sp- almost special for, for him to just come career. in. Yeah, for him just to come in right away uh, from ty- uh from, you know, week nine on. I think he was, what, tied in five for the season, the rest of the season, especially, yeah. I, I think he was tied in three uh, with the time that hop didn't play. So, uh, no, I think that's about right for, to see him. To see him where he's going, that's pretty much what the towards the end of the ninth round, uh, where he's going. So that's that's a good value for him. Uh, yeah. we're seeing D Hop at wide receiver 22, Hollywood at wide receiver 29, 2022 20, might be a little rich for D Hop just because we already know he's gonna miss six games. That's half and, a fantasy season.
1: That's effectively yeah, half a fantasy. I, fantasy I, don't a know, season.
0: I don't know who's gonna have who has the patience to wait for somebody. That's a wide receiver that you're drafting in the what fifth round? Do you, I don't think I can't I can't do that. That's maybe that's, maybe, need, maybe need, in the keeper
1: need. league. Maybe in the keeper league, you think he's going to be something next year then Yeah. you can take that chance in the fifth round or sixth round. But in redraft, yeah. I, I'm I can't. I don't, do I don't like drafting the suspended players or injured players that are going to miss half the season because that that's that's premium that's draft right. capital, especially before yep. rounds before before round sticks. You're yeah, you're, you're wasting a pick on a guy that you're not even going to see for half the season. That that makes no sense, um, to me. Yeah, especially when he, like... especially when he's you know he, he's now he's coming off of a you know a very very disappointing twenty 2020, twenty 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 one, and we know D Hop and his reputation and you know, being a uh you know superior target hog. I think we talked about him whenever we did our wide receiver tiers. I think from a uh, from two thousand and twenty, he either finished one <laughs> one or two. In targets, <laughs> you yep, yep. either one or two in targets, including his first year in Arizona, I think where he finished second. So, yep. if he's not if he's out there, he's going to get targeted, you know, a bunch, you know, 2021, I think it's, it's, it's just an anomaly. His rookie year in 2021 were anomalies. I think he does bounce back, but uh, I don't know if it's, it, I don't know if, it, if he's going to bounce back enough to justify drafting him in the fifth round, especially when he's going to miss six games.
0: Yeah, I can't. I just can't. I can't do that, man. M- yep. Maybe in the ninth round, after I already have my starters filled out or something, maybe I'll take a chance. But yeah, I can't. Exactly. I can't. I can't choose somebody at, in the starter position that I can't have for six weeks. Exactly, you, need, yep. you need bodies, man. So does, it's just not smart. Um, and in Hollywood, he's going to wide receiver twenty nine. Um, I think. I mean, it's fair for him right now because it's early. I mean you got you got wide receivers like Cortland Sutton in front of him, Brandon Cooks, uh, Drake London behind him, Darnell Mooney. So I think he's kind of in the right spot. Yeah, I think I, I would take. I, I mean, you got a Rob uh, under him also. I'm, I mean, I, I, I think it's a good spot right now. I mean,
1: yeah, I, think, I would. I
0: think it's a good position. I wouldn't. I I, I wouldn't argue this.
1: Yeah, I think I think twenty nine is 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 pretty appropriate for him and those guys going around. You know you have to you know, kind of flip a coin, but i would i mean if you if you if you know for sure that he's gonna get yeah. locked into number one number one wide receiver volume, especially for the first six weeks, and then there's gonna be a lot of a lot of sell high articles coming out right so yeah <laughs> uh, especially <laughs> after he after he balls and produces he's gonna yeah. be like the number one overall wide receiver fantasy yeah v hops coming back do you sell high now or do you keep does he keep the same? <laughs> You know, there's all these <laughs> questions that you're going to see. But um, but yeah, if you think he's going to return that kind of value, I would I would smash the button at that wire receiver 29 spot.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So finally, we have come to the end of our teams where we have one more team left um, and it's going to be the Super Bowl champs. But hmm. Los Angeles Rams, Los Angeles Rams. Um, you know, Super Bowl champions led by the historical season of Cooper Cup. Just you know, bro, you know, I, don't, I, 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 you can't say enough about you can't say enough nope. about how insanely efficient him and Stafford were. That 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 um that connection was just poetry in motion every single week. Automatic couldn't stop it. it. It was just, yeah, it was it was basically a, a human cheat code a human cheat code because you knew what was happening. You knew who was getting the ball and they continue to funnel targets and they couldn't do anything about it. That's just, you know, a testament to that, to that, uh, that coaching staff, especially Simon McVay, designing those plays, designing those routes, getting, you know, scheming the, your best player open, which is something a lot of teams um, don't do enough of, especially the team in Dallas that we'll talk about in a couple of weeks. <laughs> they don't scheme their players up. Um but yeah, so on to the Rams, you know, they they made a they made some moves this offseason. They added Allen Robinson um for a 3-year 46.5 million dollar deal, which I in my opinion that's like the best offseason move of almost <laughs> any team in the league. Um but they did lose Robert Woods. They traded him to the Titans and they lost Omille Michelle uh, to the uh, to the Dolphins and you know, as you've touched on numerous times throughout the show, Add to that running back room of five nine two hundred pound backs. <laughs> good, luck, good luck to see. Good luck to. Good luck to, you know, to to see who's going to start it out of that out of that uh, running back <laughs> out of that wasteland of a running back room. <laughs> um, but you know, as with as with the other three teams that we talked about, you know, the Rams, despite winning the despite winning it all, despite saying fuck those picks and being successful, they have their own questions. They have their own questions, and you know, one of the first ones we want to talk about is. Is Cam Akers actually good at running the ball? Like, what's what what's the deal with Cam Akers? Do we do we feel good about him? Is he like what what what's going on with him? Because we know that he came back from his Achilles injury, it was a remarkable recovery in such a short time frame, but when he got back, he wasn't very good. He was not very efficient. Um, so there there's there there's there's a, there's a lot of questions we have with Cam Akers. Um, he have averaged two point four yards per carry in the five games that he played. Um, but in twenty twenty he had four point four yards per carry and eight hundred and forty six yards. So he was leaned on quite a bit. Um, but the Rams were not that great at run blocking. They only ranked twenty fifth in twenty twenty one. So what do you what what do you make of Cam Akers um as 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 a as a running back, as as a viable running back? I mean, I
0: I like Cam, man. Like I know a lot of people just don't they don't like him, I guess I guess the two point four really hurt them and them forgetting about his Achilles injury they he, he recovered in you know in Wolverine time in five sure. months like we've never seen it so uh, combination of the run blocking being being complete ass uh, I mean even ranked twenty fifth uh, with PFF grade uh in terms of running they ran the ball at uh, their grade was seventy point seven which was twenty fifth um, I I mean He's gonna be the starter, so yeah. And like you said, his rookie year, he was he was decent running the ball whenever he was healthy. Uh, I I think he's a decent running back. Uh, this will be definitely will be a a year where the, uh, that he needs to figure it out. I mean, this is this is gonna be his start year of the season in the NFL. Uh, he still has Darnell Henderson behind him, uh, Daryl Henderson behind him, which. In his spot starts, he was good. I know he was really good uh, in the Super Bowl. He looked really refreshed after he was recovering from injury. So it's not like he doesn't have competition behind him. Um, I mean, I, I I like the the profile of Cam Akers. Um, I I think this would be a year that he kind of shows everybody why he was why he was drafted uh, in the, uh, towards the end of the second round in twenty twenty. So yeah, I'm in. I'm I'm in on Cam Akers, man.
1: I got I got Cam Akers in a keeper league at, 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 at for a ninth round value. So I'm I'm definitely oh, yeah in you too. Did.
0: yeah you I'm did. definitely
1: in too. So I, I think you know uh, you know he'll have a full off season to you know he he won't have to be rushed back from any injury or any do any any kind of rehab. Um, so he'll be he'll ha- he'll be full speed ahead um, starting in training camp and he, he won't he won't have any limitations. And I think you know g- him rushing back in just in just five months from an, from an Achilles tear um it, it just kind of speaks to you know the the craziness of modern medicine um but at the same time the testament to his hard work and dedication and how how much he wanted it right and how much he wanted to get back and i i think you know this you know this 2022 season coming up will will be his his best yet i think in, in my opinion i think he will i think he'll definitely um finish is at least a top 10 guy a top 10 back Yeah, man. and then the, ne- the next question i mean it's i think i think it's pretty obvious What's going to happen with Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford's connection? Are they going to regress? That's going to that's ob- that's the obvious question here, right? I mean, and I think the obvious answer is yes. But will they still be really freaking good? In my opinion, yeah, I think they still will be pretty good. But just last year was just just an an insane amount of, of efficiency and insane amount of volume. 601 pass attempts, eighth in the league. You know, Stafford at 41 touchdowns. <laughs> I think that tied to a career high. Uh,
0: yeah, tied it career did. high
1: for him. But you know, I regress. How much? How much will it regress? I think that should be the better question. How much will it regress? Uh, I mean,
0: I'm not even. So here's the thing. So we expect regression from Cubs – yardage. I mean, he damn near had 2000 receiving yards. So we we expect to see regression there, but for Stafford, I'm not sure if the numbers, like he, he had 48 and 86, 400, 4,886 passing yards. If they pass at the rate that they did, which was 601, which was eighth in the league. If they, somewhere around there again, I don't, I don't think his actual numbers themselves will regress uh, for Stafford. Um, just his first how you like how do you go to your first year with the Rams and then you pass for almost five thousand yards. You almost have a wide receiver go over two thousand yards for his for the season. You throw for basically you tied your career high and, and pass yards since your third year in the league. And then now you got a, another full offseason, and then you just added Allen Robinson, which would be his first year in the offense. And yeah. And you, and you, uh, you know, you get Cam Akers, he should be fully, like, fully, fully healthy, you know, being being reacclimated into at when getting hit in the NFL. Uh, them possibly still getting OBJ back when he finally gets healthy. Like, they've already said they want to bring him back.
1: They'll uh, have to get I another think, number because, Chan- because Cam Akers still gets number yeah,
0: three. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah. So I think the, co- the connection between... Stafford and Cup will regress a little bit. Maybe he, staff. I mean, maybe Cup ends with like 4, 1,400 yards instead of 1,900. But I think Stafford's number, I think he's still going to be, he's going to be hovering around 5,000 yards. I think that's, I don't think that's going to go anywhere yeah. um, in my opinion. So I think that's, that's how I'm looking at in terms of this regression talk. I think him to Cup is going to regress a little bit just, because of Al Robinson's presence. But again, we know the Rams offense in terms of passing is a funnel, like is condensed to certain, like you know, you know Cup is gonna get looks, you know we are assuming A Rob is gonna get looks, Higby's gonna get looks, Jefferson's probably gonna get looks, and that's pretty much it. Like, yeah, you're gonna get the running back here and there, but that's it. So I mean, I might even be wrong with Cup. Maybe Cup goes for nineteen hundred again. I don't know, but <laughs> naturally yeah. um, you didn't think he's going to have some kind of regression
1: yeah I and mean, he he you know just just to give you a glimpse or not even a glimpse just to kind of give you a little bit more background behind the, the historic season that he had his previous career high in catches was 94 and he mm. basically he increased that by like 55 percent to 145 and his previous career high for for yards was 1161 increased that over 60% to 19, obviously the 1947 we talked about. So let's say he finishes it somewhere between, somewhere between that, between somewhere between 94 and 145 catches, somewhere between 1161 and 1947. I think that's very feasible. I think that's possible, right? Yeah. I mean, especially yeah. with this, especially with this pass happy offense. I mean, he could finish with over 100 catches, 1400 yards, and maybe 11, 12 touchdowns. That'll still be a really solid season for him. Um, yeah. But in terms of just being historic again, because we're talking about him almost breaking every single record that there that that, that there was. In receiving. I mean, <laughs> I mean, he he actually did. I mean, if you take the post, if you take into account the postseason, but the regular yeah, season, yeah, mm-hmm. um, he didn't quite get there. But you know, again, that I think it'll it'll regress, but I don't know if it'll regress that much. I think that connection will still be alive and well. Um, yeah. And just and just kind of staying in the receiver room. The last question that we have. They signed Allen Robinson through a 3-year, 46.5 million dollar deal. Um the, the biggest question is is can Allen Robinson return to fantasy glory? Um uh, I'll I'll start and I will say emphatically yes, he can. Emphatically <laughs> yes, he can. Um now granted over the last 4 years his target quality has only been uh 63rd in the league, but that that has more to do with the Quarterbacks that he's played with Mitchell Trubisky for uh, a good chunk of that, you know, 2018, 19, and 2020. Um, he 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 played with Mitchell Trubisky, but you know, in 2019 and 2020, he finished as the wide receiver seven and the wide receiver nine overall in PPR. He was still pretty damn good despite that shitty target quality. And then obviously, yeah. 2021 uh, was his worst year yet. Um, you can kind of call that an anomaly because you know, Matt Nagy didn't know what the hell he was doing, um, Justin Fields still had training wheels on um and he you know he went from basically you know nine targets per game to only like five and a half targets per game so he wasn't really getting targeted either when it, when he was on the field um but you know back to the point about target quality it was 63rd in the league but going to a going to going from you know Justin Fields and and, and Mitchell Trubisky Nick Fold, all those guys that they that he played with he goes to Matthew Stafford who was top 5 in target quality last year so the quality of his targets will improve dramatically um and he's gonna be playing with the best quarterback that he's ever played with and you know throughout Allen robinson's career he has four seasons of 150 plus targets like that guy is your number is your is your number two wide receiver in that pass happy offense and um you know the rams wide receiver too you know over the last several years has averaged around eight targets per game and Allen robinson can still can 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 still you know run run crisp routes. he's still an outside an outside clasher that can get you know that can uh get the contested catches i think he's third in the NFL in contested catch rate um over the you know since 20 i think 2018 or 2019 so he he's still pretty he's still pretty effective and i, I think this is a, a huge bounce back opportunity for Allen robinson
0: yeah, I d- I definitely agree. I know the one the one thing that might go against him is the fact that usually free agent wide receivers go into new teams that usually doesn't work out well the first year. But I mean, I think this is a special case, in my opinion, because you got again Allen Robinson was in a shitty situation last year, was kind of in and out of being hurt, mixed with bad quarterback play, mixed with bad play calling, uh, mixed with you know with this new situation, you got. Robert Woods that played nine games, 40 tours ACL. So that's 69 targets gone. Odell Beckham's not here. That's 48 targets. You got Deshaun Jackson. He had 15 targets in seven games. That's gone. So basically, he, he you need somebody to replace a, like 115, 120 targets. So we got Allen Robinson walking into basically a pass funnel, and he's probably going to get 100 targets. So – and you just talked about the top quality, top pass quality from Stafford from this past year was top five. We're going to we're going to see at least a top 24 season from it. like that's just that. I mean, that's just just going by the numbers that the, in the yards that Stafford passed last year in the 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 offense. I mean, the pass offense for the Rams per PFF was fifth. They were fifth in the league in in, the, in their offensive grade was third. So. I mean, <laughs> wills <wheels> up. <laughs> I don't even know what else. You could, there's really nothing else to say. Like this was mo- one of the most pass-heavy teams in the league. Period. On top of them being very pass-heavy in the red zone, like there's really nothing else you can say. And this is a guy that's six three. He's gonna win. He can't one on one. He's gonna win.
1: So yeah, he's definitely gonna win. Definitely gonna win. Like, and he's so, right now, and right now he's going in the the like eighth round or the sorry the sixth the sixth or seventh round um in drafts. Uh, as a Perfect. wide receiver, thirty-two, and I, I am all, all, yeah, over give that. That. all, give me over that, all of that,
0: <laughs> give me that. <laughs> you don't yeah. even have
1: to. <laughs> like he's going yeah. around the range of like Mike Williams, Cortland Sutton, um, Gabriel Davis. You know, th- we talked about Terry McLaurin earlier. I'm taking Al Robinson. Yeah. Like that, yeah. that, yeah. that's a guy that I want. I want, I want a piece. You want pieces of efficient and effective passing offenses. Like the Rams, you want pieces yep. of that, yep. And yeah, that's that's what I want. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, um, yeah. I, I don't even have nothing to add to that. Like he, I mean, as we get later and later closer to draft season, like thirty-two. That this is a that's a good number right now, but I expect that number to be closer to twenty-five, twenty-four by the time we get to you know the the heat of draft season. So uh, yeah. it make it it might be you know how. This past season, you know, you had Robert Woods and Cup. Their ADP last year was what, wide receiver like 15, 16, like in that, in the middle of wide receiver two. We might, we might see A Rob in that range once we get, once we get to that point with all the, you know, if you start really diving into the the numbers of, of, and how the offense, how we potentially think this offense is going to go, like this is, this is a realm of possibility that he can, he could be in, he could be what, round four? Round five, basically where he was going last year.
1: And you know what's crazy? Um, crazy about last year is that he was actually going ahead of Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. Yeah. In the draft last year. <laughs> he was going with, with
0: it. yeah,
1: with, with a rookie the rookie quarterback. quarterback, with the rookie yeah. quarterback. Yeah, yeah
0: man. Whew. So I'm, I'm in, man. I, I'm in. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. Yeah. Um, you no, know, just talking about some other ADPs. We don't even got to talk about Cooper Cup. He's won. Nope. I mean, we, we just assume that he's gonna go. They're gonna double back. So he's basically going after the four four uh, running backs, which is Eckler, Henry, JT, and McCaffrey. So um, yeah, it makes sense to be wide receiver one. Uh, I would talk about Ben Jefferson, but you can get him for free. Um, basically, we got yeah. we <laughs> we got Cam Akers, a running back fourteen. So basically, before like towards the end of the round three, uh, you got you got running backs like. Uh, Aaron Jones, Devontae Williams, Saquon going before him, Leonard Fournette, Antoine uh, Antonio Gibson going right after him. So I think he's in a mm. in a pretty good spot right now. So yeah, uh, yeah. I'll feel comfortable taking him there for sure. Uh, you got Stafford at quarterback twelve. Uh, I think that's a a decent spot for him,
1: especially with the pass volume. I think I think you can, I think you can take you can um you can feel you can feel good about his pass volume and don't have to worry about the fact that he doesn't yep. run that yep. he doesn't run like the other guys going in that range so i think yep. his his pass volume will probably supersede all that especially them you know with cooper cup coming back and then alan rob and then them signing Allen robinson so i think i think he'll be just fine at that qb12 spot
0: yeah quick question for you then so you got stafford at qb12 and then you got somebody like um, Tom Brady at QB ten. Would you? Who would you rather have?
1: Mm. I would probably have Stafford because the, the 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 thing is with Brady is that he is he's been he's been whooping Father Time's ass <laughs> for the last like three or four years, and you just don't know when you just don't know when when, when Father Time's finally gonna punch back and 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 punch him right in the face, you know. Yeah. I I I would rather I would rather have a guy that I know has more years left and more left in the well you know I mean he has a lot he's a lot left in the tank based on what we saw last year him you know leading the league in passing yards and passing touchdowns but do, do we know that he's, do we know if he's going to do that again I mean you just you, he's going to be he's going to be missing Chris Godwin the first you know several weeks of the season and um I know they signed Russell Gage who's a very solid very solid signing. They still have Mike Evans. We don't know what's happening with uh, what's happening with uh, Gronkowski. I think he's mm-hmm. leaning towards retirement. So there's there's a his his weapons are you know kind of you know in question outside of Mike Evans, um, but Stafford has more stability. Cooper Cup, obviously, Allen Robinson, Van Jefferson, deep threat. They may bring Odell Beckham Jr. back. And so uh, hell, I even saw I even saw some videos today. Fucking Tutu Atwell's getting catches in in, in, <laughs> in OTAs. They dust a, they dust, it off, uh, tutu, oh, they dust it off. Tutu Atwell.
0: Yeah, <laughs> he may
1: he may even get some some looks uh, down the field. And you remember when at Louisville, he was he was pretty a yeah. pretty dynamic guy, but he was just very svelte, very small. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think I think somebody blew on him one day, and he 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 just now returned to the Rams because he he blew yeah. away. He blew away. <laughs> 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 you know, no, and, and nobody saw him last year. So, but yeah, so I would rather take Stafford over Brady um, if I were to choose between the two because Stafford yeah. just has more stability around him.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, you also got Tyler Higby at tie in 17, somebody you can probably get at the very end of your draft or for free. Yeah. Um, and then Daryl Henderson towards the end of your draft too at, at RB 48. So, you no. Know? I think that's that's all we got for uh the NFC West in terms of outlooks. It's a little early, I know, but just just to you know, give you perspective of what's happening, you know, get you get you kind of prepared for for what's about to come. So
1: Yeah, post draft, um, post free agency. Because we're yeah. basically post free agency. There's not much happening in that form. You may have a couple of trades here, a couple of trades there later on in the off season, you know, whenever the franchise tag deadline, you know, hits. We may see some activity then um, yep. but outside of that i think pretty things are going to be pretty static for the most part um mm-hmm. until you know until those until the you know minicamp start and all these other things start and things yep. pick back yep. up
0: yep so again people you know it's another op- episode of off the line fantasy football you know please like the content hit subscribe hit the thumbs up you know wherever you listen to us is it spotify is it apple wherever you know leave a comment you know let us know how we doing again you can follow us on twitter off the line ff you know you can you know and just you know check in with you can find us under destination Devi. uh anywhere that you you know get your pro your podcast from you know check in with us we got a lot of things happening a lot of things uh, a lot of podcasts different subjects you know we got dynasty we got redraft we got you know Everyday news, we we got strategies, just anything you can think of about fantasy, we got it here. So you know, you know, tap in
1: with us, and we got you covered. We got you covered. exactly.
0: <laughs> all right, you got anything before we get out of here?
1: Nah, uh, nah, nothing else, man. Just again, you know, echo Gene sentiments. Appreciate y'all tuning in. Appreciate y'all tapping in. Uh, we got we, we have these uh, we have these division previews. Hopefully, you all enjoy them. Hopefully, y'all, hopefully, y'all enjoy the you know us talking about the NFC West. Um, Apologies that we talked about the Seahawks for as long as we did. That wasn't <laughs> intended. They're, they're kind of a gross team to analyze right now. But, hey, um, this is, you know, they, they do have some fantasy relevant players. And we do need to give you all some perspective on, you know, the direction that, you know, as to which they're headed, <laughs> in which we believe they're headed. <laughs>
0: okay. And then next we're going to be talking, we're going to be hitting on the AFC North. Which is because the Bengals, you know, they lost to the the Super Bowl champ, so we can go that way. And we're gonna have a guest. I don't wanna give y'all, I don't wanna Born give y'all idea, you know, ideas of who it is, but when you hear it, you should it should be y'all should be entertained and have a good time. So again, thank you for listening to us. Until next week, you know, be safe. Watch the Mavs versus what Warriors are going on right now. So Mavs and Until five. next week. <laughs> <laughs> until next week, we'll holler at y'all.
1: Peace.